Small and medium enterprises face cyber attack risks due to their less advanced technologies. In this B-Side episode, Daniel Bernard, Chief Business Officer of cybersecurity technology company CrowdStrike, discusses strategies against such looming cyber threats with Business World reporter Jomel R. Pagian. All right, so in this episode, we will discuss the issue of cybercrime and how small and medium businesses can be protected against it. We are with Daniel Bernard of cybersecurity tech company CrowdStrike to talk further about this topic. All right, so let's start our discussion by giving us a picture of what cybercrime is and how it affects small and medium businesses. Sure. So if you think about a small and medium business, typically a business of a couple hundred users or fewer, operating in the year 2023, soon to be 2024, every kind of business is a digital business, whether they're in manufacturing or services, which historically didn't necessarily have that much to do with technology. In today's digital economy, businesses of all types are in the business of being technology businesses. And if you think about one of the biggest risks for being in the technology business today, it's how do you secure the digital footprint of the business? And this isn't just businesses that are global Fortune 500, global 2000 type of companies. This also in today's world impacts small businesses as well. So cybersecurity for SMBs is really a question of How do you protect against digital risk? How do you protect against cyber risk? How do you protect against adversaries who deploy scaled techniques to steal information, steal data, and cause harm? This is one of the biggest risks of the 21st century. And this is a risk that every single small and medium business, no matter where they are in the world, faces. So why do let's say hackers or something like that, have the incentive to go after small and medium businesses. What is it for them? Well, let's take this back to uh, back home, back home in the Philippines, where 99% of businesses in the country are small and medium businesses. And those small and medium businesses employ 65% of the local workforce. So if you're a hacker and you're looking at where am I going to attack, there's a variety of targets. But with that kind of percentage of 99% of the local businesses being SMBs, you're going to be attacking SMBs. But let's take it one step further. What are you looking for? Well, you're probably looking for personal identifiable information that you can use, people's passwords, for example, that you can use in other sources. You're looking to cause damage in the form of ransomware, where you can lock people, lock the business out of their computers and bring the business to a halt and make them pay using Bitcoin. And really that pay for access to the computer and and get the business back on its feet again is really the tip of the spear in terms of what you can uh, derive from a cyber attack as an attacker. That payment is one part of it, but it's really the power of the data exfiltration and what you can do along the whole supply chain of that small and medium business. So what other companies do they work with? What's their bank account information so you can get their money? Then how do you get inside of the bank and move laterally within the bank? So even a small and medium business, it might sound like a small entity, but you'd be surprised, Jam, how a small business in today's digital society touches so many other businesses, large and small, so many customers, large and small, 
So every single business represents an opportunity for an adversary to act not only for financial gain, but also for other motives as well. Mm -hmm. So, Sir Daniel, can you further clarify how big is this problem? Because as far as I understand from what you said, it also affects not just the businesses, but also consumers. So what are at risk when businesses are exposed to threats to cybersecurity? I mean, this is a multi-billion dollar problem. You have the business itself that's at risk. So what is the cost of ceasing business operations for a couple of days to recover or weeks or months? And in many cases with small and medium businesses, a lot of them will go out of business when they have a cyber attack. But then you have the ripples around it that I was talking about before. You have the risk and the cost of impact to customers, which can be in the form of other businesses, customers, which can be in the form of consumers, and then societal costs as well. You'd be surprised how many small and medium businesses support local municipalities, local utilities, and local government. So once you start looking at the ripple effect of what a small business touches in today's society, that's really where you get to um, the magnitude of what a magnitude from a cost perspective. And if you think about also what adversaries are looking for, it's really the path of least resistance. If you look at larger enterprises, JM, you'll see they have SOX security operation centers. They have, in many cases, sizable security budgets, and they're deploying a variety of technologies. In fact, more than 60 technologies today that the enterprise deploys from a cybersecurity perspective. If you go down market to the SMB, it's a different story. There's not enough awareness, even though more than 50% of small and medium businesses will be impacted over the next 18 months by a cyber attack. Not enough of them are familiar with what they need to do. Not enough of them have the right technology. Not enough of them have even a cybersecurity team or even the, the, the human resources component, the human element of what it takes to run successful cybersecurity. So the risk level is actually quite high uh, because of the lack of preparation uh, that a lot of these small and medium businesses have. And frankly, also a lot of the technologies that are available to them don't stop the breach. Mm -hmm. You talked about the current technologies that SMBs were using, right? Um, so the question is, can traditional antivirus keep up with the emerging new trends of ransomware and cyber attacks that continue to escalate? It's a great question, JM, and one that we spend a lot of time helping customers with here at CrowdStrike. First, in the small and medium business segment, you'll find a good amount of businesses that don't even have any cybersecurity at all. So those are the ones that are the easiest for adversaries to play with and to gain access to. People say, oh, it won't be me. I'm not going to spend the money. I'm not going to worry about this. Uh, I don't know about it. So th that's one element of the market. Another element of the market, which is the majority of this market, is still using, like you asked about, legacy antivirus. And unfortunately, legacy antivirus has been proven to not be the most effective, and in many cases, not even be effective at all at stopping more advanced attacks. Ransomware is really the, the tip of the spear, but going to fileless attacks and more never seen before or in the industry known as zero-day attacks. The problems, if you really dissect it with legacy AV, are as follows. One, legacy AV is difficult to operate and consumes a lot of system resources. So Oftentimes, that gets in the way of business. Two, legacy AV's protection are driven by signatures, and a signature requires a piece of malware or a cyber attack to have been seen before. So the whole notion of having a technology that's predictive or can actually stop an attack is really lost when you're using a legacy antivirus solution. If there's been a patient zero, if another small business has been impacted by a breach or an attack, and then they were breached, 
and that uh, attack was successful and reported back to the provider, then there's a chance they can write a signature to stop the attack in other businesses after a scan and an update, getting back to the whole point that it's really difficult to run. So efficacy rates uh, against modern attacks using legacy AV wouldn't get a passing grade in a classroom. And really herein is the opportunity for the adversary, but it's also the opportunity for us at CrowdStrike to help these customers stop the breach. All right. So given the ripple effects of cyber attacks to businesses, to societies, and the modernizing tools for cyber attacks, can we say that this is a company-ending event? I'm just curious how it impacts businesses at the end of the day. It very well can be a company-ending event. Uh, If you don't have cyber insurance, or you don't have the ability to remediate an attack, you don't know who to call, and all your data is gone, you don't have access to your bank account, and your business can't operate, you don't have access to your cash register, uh, you haven't paid your bills, you aren't working with your suppliers, vendors, and customers, you're out of business. Hopefully you're uh, out of business for as short of a time as possible, but for a lot of small businesses, especially in a struggling macro, you know, the question is, maybe I should just close this one and start a new one uh, and, and go out of business versus clean this up, especially if the recovery period goes from days to weeks and weeks to months. Um, it becomes a question of, does it even make sense to fix it? Or is it better to start something new or just close shop altogether and go work for somebody else? So it really depends, Jam, on the uh, severity of the attack, how many systems were impacted, and what services were shut off, and what does it do to you also reputationally? So there's been a variety of attacks across uh, the world over the past year from large hotels and casinos that are shut down where everybody has to uh, go to their room with a real key and sign in instead of uh, checking into the hotel on a computer, they're all using clipboards and paper. But you go to uh, other different types of small businesses, for example, in, in the insurance market. And if all of your customer data is gone and those customers know, know that uh, th- that their, their, their identities have been revealed to adversaries, they probably want to find a new insurance agent. So there's a reputational risk component here as well. So to answer your question, it really depends on the severity of the attack, how wide and broad it was across, uh, across that small and medium business, what were the damages and what were the reputational damages in that given situation to answer the question. But yes, it very well can. Cyber attack can be a company ending event. And it's why small and medium businesses have to take cybersecurity more seriously today than they ever have. So how common are these threats to a potentially company-ending event? Maybe you can cite a case study of how it affected a specific business before. I mean, there's so many case studies because uh, there's millions and millions and millions of small businesses all around the world. Um, The more sensitive the data, the more susceptible that business is to a company-ending event. So if you think private wealth managers, so anything in financial services is is a good place to start where the stakes are high and sharing or access to, to confidential information it oftentimes causes the customer to leave that business. So that's one area where you have small town attorneys, for example, insurance agents and uh, financial managers going out of business on the back of a cyber attack because reputationally the damage is too high as well as the, the sensitivity of the data. Then you have small and medium businesses in the manufacturing or services uh, markets, plumbing, for example, where if they lost all their customer information, uh, it's kind of like day one all over again in the business. So if you look at all those things together, you know I think there's a variety of examples where it can be really risky for a business to have a cyber attack. 
it can be very disruptive to have that cyber attack and it can be very costly to recover from it. Mm -hmm. So if we were to use a scale of one to 10, how common is cyber attacks to small and medium businesses? Unfortunately, you know, the statistics will say that it's three out of four small and medium businesses will be impacted by a cyber incident. So this isn't something anymore, JM, where you can say, have you been impacted by a cyber attack in, in, in a room full of 100 people and nobody will raise their hand? This is something that's becoming more and more well-known, uh, where if it isn't you, you know one of your business peers down the street or in one of your associations or one of your competitors, it has been impacted. So the question then becomes, when will it be me? And it's a question of if, not when. It's quite interesting how common this yeah. to businesses, right? And I, but, I think also one thing to add to that, though, is the, the amount of coverage. These aren't secrets. Uh, you can open the newspaper, turn on the television in most parts of the world on the regular, and there's something in the news about a business that's been impacted, affected, or susceptible to a cyber attack. And I think the reason that it gets covered in the news is there's financial loss, there's business loss, there's customer impact, there's societal impact. And just the amount of coverage over really the last decade has helped bring this to a high priority uh, and an awareness level that it wasn't before. Mm -hmm. Interesting. So now I want to talk about this technology, like the AI, because I heard that AI has been playing a role in defending against cyber effects. Um, can you talk further about that, sir? Sure. So your question earlier today about signature-based AV not being in my commentary on how it's not effective in stopping modern attacks, the core innovation of CrowdStrike that we brought to the market is bringing AI to cybersecurity and using AI to replace the signature method that we talked about before that's reactive, doesn't stop attacks, is only able to stop things when it does work that, that are known. The beauty of using an AI model on a device, which is what we do, uh, both in the, on the device and in the cloud, is that it can actually predict an attack before it happens to keep that business safe, even if it is being attacked. So having AI algorithms and engines that are able to determine if a file is benign or malicious, if a process is benign or malicious, is really the key to succeeding against an adversary in, in these times, where increasingly what we're seeing is adversaries are using AI to their benefit as well, or it's a new area that we're calling in our research dark AI, where the adversary is using AI, but the defender is still using some kind of signature AV and just it can't keep up. So this is a great example of where you need a better defense than the offense to actually stay protected. So uh, we've been using AI for quite some time here at CrowdStrike. And certainly uh, as AI has evolved, so have has our AI evolved all the way to our AI assistant, our AI SOC analyst, Charlotte, which leverages generative AI um, on cybersecurity's largest data set, which is our repository of data here at CrowdStrike uh, that allows our customers to take advantage of uh, a whole host of automations to be much more proactive about their cybersecurity with fewer inputs and more outputs, taking eight hours of work for a security analyst down to just minutes and back for our small and medium business customers, automating cybersecurity completely for them. It's really revolutionary, akin to the transformation in earlier times from candles to uh, light bulbs. That's really what we're doing for cybersecurity and specifically what we're doing for the small and medium business. Mm -hmm. um, you mentioned all about your project at CrowdStrike, employing AI and protecting small and medium businesses. Can you talk further about that? Yeah, so every single customer of CrowdStrike, the way our technology works, the Falcon platform, is 
the agents that are deployed, the software itself has AI algorithms and AI and AI engines built into the software itself. So regardless of whether the device is connected to the cloud or not connected to the cloud, that device is secure and that device has the AI capabilities to prevent malware and also stop it and block it. In addition, the other big innovation that CrowdStrike brought to the market is security for the cloud era. And what that means is, whereas before a cybersecurity product or an antivirus product had to be hosted on-premise, hosted in a data center, and run like a piece of software in a data center, what we did is we brought all the management deployment to the cloud, just like Salesforce did uh, for uh, CRM systems and really started the whole SaaS revolution. Uh, a couple decades ago. So bringing cybersecurity to the cloud and in the cloud running AI models on all the data so that the whole crowd of our customers, hence the name CrowdStrike, benefits from the capabilities of our AI. So we're able to strike back at the adversary and keep them at bay, keep our customers protected. So it's really core to what we do at CrowdStrike. Every single CrowdStrike customer from our largest customer to our smallest customer benefits from our patented AI, both on the device and in the cloud to keep them safe. Whereas customers and organizations using legacy products uh, don't have the benefit of AI-based protection. They're still using signatures or other mechanisms. Mm -hmm. Before we close this podcast, I want to ask how important is cybersecurity for small and medium businesses in the age where attacks are AI-assisted? I think the best way to say it, JM, is there's expenses and expenditures that are need to have, and then there's expenditures that are nice to have. Cybersecurity for a small and medium business in today's society is a need to have. It's a staple. It's mission critical, akin to paying the electricity bill, paying your water bill, paying taxes. It's that level of necessity in society today. And as more and more of the services we use, the products we consume, and business strategy in general goes digital, the need for stronger cybersecurity only grows and grows and grows. So if there's one key message from our discussion this morning, it's that if you're a small and medium business, thinking about cybersecurity is an imperative, investing in the right technology is a necessity, and having the technology that can stop the breach is the key to succeeding in a digital society. Mr. Bernard says money and data are the incentives for hacking SMEs in the Philippines. Businesses that don't have any cybersecurity at all are the easiest to hack, especially among adversaries that already use artificial intelligence and other such advanced mechanisms. This has been another episode of B-Side. Subscribe now and enjoy a new episode every week.